0: Welcome to Betrayal Trauma Recovery, this is Anne. Today we have a member of Betrayal Trauma Recovery Group talking about her experience. Before we get to her, Betrayal Trauma Recovery Group was created by a bunch of women who went through this exact same situation. We're moms, we have a hard time getting out of the house, we have a hard time finding childcare. Also, we all went through this period where we desperately needed help and we called a therapist or we tried to get into a traditional group and we had to wait a week or we couldn't talk to someone safe right away. And so we tried to call clergy or someone to say, this is what happened, it was bad, what should I do? And then the person didn't really understand the abuse, they didn't understand emotional or psychological abuse sexual coercion and they really couldn't help and so it kept us stuck in that cycle of abuse when you join betrayal trauma recovery group you usually can get into a session with a btr professional coach within a couple hours we have multiple sessions per day in every single time zone, so check that out on our website btr.org all right, we're going to talk with Nikki. She lives in Australia, and she is one of the members of Betrayal Trauma Recovery Group. Welcome, Nikki. Oh, welcome, Anne. Hello, everyone. As a member of our community, she wanted to reach out and share some of her story. So, Nikki, tell me a little bit about betrayal trauma life in Australia. Where do you live in Australia?
1: I live in Melbourne, Victoria, but I'm from Tasmania.
0: Okay. How do you feel like the support is there?
1: None. <laughs> we have struggled to find anybody in this field that can really help.
0: Nothing, huh? Are you still married?
1: Yes, yeah.
0: Okay. So let's start with your story. Tell me your story. Did you recognize your husband's abusive behaviors at first?
1: Not at all. Goodness me, no. I was. 15, just had my 16th birthday when I met my husband. Um, I was in the UK and we've been together ever since. And I just first discovered his material because we're going back when it was only magazines. I was six months pregnant with our first child when I was 18 and he bought this little black bag home. And not not seen it before, we weren't living together at the time Um, but he brought it back into my little flat and being curious I opened it and there was all this material in there, all this pornography and I was horrified and I said to him this is not what I want as part of my life even at 18 I knew that this wasn't what I wanted and he said "Oh, I'll get rid of it, I'll get rid of it and there was other bits in this bag as well which just baffled me yeah, so one every day I walked out, and there was magazines all over the place, and I was just horrified. And the next day I went into labour because I was just that traumatized, I guess. So from that point, it kind of just never really stopped. I would continually find magazines under the couch. So no, I never really recognised the abuse, not until I started educating myself, really. And then it was when I came across the BTR Facebook page is when I knew really that what he was doing, abuse. I mean, we tried getting help before. We'd gone to several pastors who were basically just more about the codependent model. But from what I'd seen, it's sort of like I'd done nothing except for protect myself and our children throughout our marriage.
0: And try to protect your marriage, right, from the pornography, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I didn't want our children to spend time with me and then time with him because he'd pretty much gone down the rabbit hole. I didn't want there to be a point where he was left with them alone.
0: Yeah. Before you found BTR, when you were trying to get help from other pastors and other things, what types of things did you do to try and, like improve and if this didn't happen then let us know but like did you try to be more beautiful or did you work out more or did you try to do the laundry better
1: yep I thought if I looked better if I tried harder if I loved him more you know I learned about the love languages I was always trying to improve myself and even going to cancelling to try and improve something yeah I took it on board but I think that's a lot more to do with how I was raised be a better wife and then he wouldn't do this thing
0: so you knew about the porn did you recognize the other types of abusive behaviors like lying and manipulation and gaslighting could you identify those back in the day or did you not kind of realize all that was going on too
1: I knew that there was lying and manipulation because that kind of goes in hand in hand with sneaky behavior, doesn't it? Yeah, it wasn't really until the internet came about, and you could Google this kind of stuff that I became aware of it really. It wasn't until much later in our marriage, really
0: so when did you realize that that common marriage advice? Look good, you know, love, serve, forgive, make sure dinner's on the table, make sure the house is clean, you know, that sort of thing. When did you realize that that common marriage advice was not working and that things were not improving?
1: Probably about 20 years ago.
0: And how long have you been married?
1: We've been married uh, about 27 years.
0: Okay, so seven years in, you realize, wait a minute, this isn't working. What helped you come to that realization?
1: I think it's shortly after um, we'd had intercourse and I walked in and found him looking at pornography. I should just thought he was deliberately trying to hurt me. That was my train of
0: thought. And when you thought that he's deliberately trying to hurt me, which they want to maintain control, they want to maintain their reputation, they want to maintain the relationship, but I don't know if... It's deliberate per se, but sometimes it is. When you thought that, you also didn't think abuse way back then. Like, he's deliberately trying to hurt me, therefore he is abusive. You didn't have that full thought process, I'm guessing.
1: No, not at all. It's only the abuse part has really only been, I think, the last six years that I've seen his actions as being abusive.
0: Why do you think it takes so long for victims of emotional abuse and psychological abuse and this type of sexual coercion to understand the reality of their situation?
1: Trauma. I think our brain sits in trauma because the person that you most trust, the person who you think will never hurt you, is the one that's doing it. And I think it's protection. I mean, I can't speak for everyone. I can only speak for me because whatever your circumstance is, there's a part of you that needs to protect your own mind and yourself. And sometimes it's about time your brain or your body's just not ready to realize that, that this is what it is.
0: There's also this education factor. You don't have an abuse class in high school, along with math and English, right? And so, so many people think they understand abuse, because they've seen a TV show where a guy beats up, his wife or whatever and they're like that's what abuse is and they don't really recognize all of the different covert ways that you can be abused
1: i think it's the gaslighting as well because it's been going so long in my marriage it's it's kind of like oh no i must have misunderstood what he said oh no he's right i've got that wrong oh okay oh i thought you meant this but you actually meant this way oh all right so you're second guessing yourself all the time
0: Hmm. yeah yeah that's interesting so what were you looking for online when you found btr on facebook
1: i think we hit a crisis point in our marriage crisis point brought me to the fact that i was trying to seek some kind of support basically anywhere because here in australia it's very much like oh you'll be right mate so whoever you spoke to thought you were being prissy, really. It just wasn't cutting it. I just felt so deeply ashamed and hurt that I needed some kind of support and just wasn't getting it in the real world. So when I came across the group, it sort of changed the way that I view my whole life, really.
0: So did you join Betrayal Trauma Recovery Group? Yes. So let's talk about that. How has it changed your life?
1: Um, knowing that I'm not alone being informed because I've always taught our children that knowledge is power once you have power you're able to change the way that you operate change the way that you do things so for me that's been the greatest thing being informed and then being able to research that and having the facts behind it which has been a great thing
0: Being educated, I think, brings so much confidence because the gaslighting process, you're like, is this me? Is this real? What's going on? And if you don't have words for it, you can never fully define it to someone else. And so they'll give you typical things like, well, he just must be stressed or maybe don't worry, it'll get better, you know, things like that, because you're not able to say what's happening. So getting educated, then you're able to actually talk about it. Having words to describe it immediately helps people understand what's happening. It also helps the victims understand what is going on because there's so much confusion. It's so difficult.
1: Yeah, it is. I just find, for me, what I'm experiencing now because we've been in this for a very long time and there's been a lot of game playing uh, on his behalf and I've just realized my body is actually physically it started coming out. I've developed really bad tinnitus, or tinnitus, depending on how you pronounce it. You know, which to me is a, a physical representation of what's going out on the outside world. And also, I find through the trauma, as I've got older, brain's just not working the same. And I really think that's because of the trauma that's gone on throughout our whole marriage and through childhood. My brain's kind of got to the point where it's like, I don't want to work anymore. I don't want to hold this memory. Or it just kind of phases out or disassociates, which I know part of the trauma. But it's really frustrating.
0: I can imagine. How old are you now?
1: Uh, 47. We have five children. They're all adults now. Thank you, God. <laughs> but, but they survived. They're pretty good people. But we've got four boys, one girl. And my children growing up, they'd ask him a question and he wouldn't respond. And they would always be, oh, we're going to go to the sensible parent meaning that we're going to go see (laughs) mum.
0: He wouldn't respond because he was distracted or he just couldn't focus?
1: I don't know if he didn't know the answer to it. So he didn't want to look silly, so he'd muck about. Because I really think his pornography stunted his intellectual growth. It must have been about 14, I think. And I always developed critical thinking in our children, you know, told them to think about the where's, why's and what for's of any situation and because he didn't develop that skill, the children kind of overtook him in their thinking and their emotional development. He just really frustrated them.
0: That makes sense. In terms of the Betrayal Trauma Recovery Group, how has the education and the support that you've received there helped you to make different choices about? how you are interacting with him.
1: I no longer buy into his BS. Like if I ask him a question, and I know he's done something. I know to expect whatever comes out of his mouth is going to be a lie. I state my case. I drop it. I walk away. And I allow him time to be truthful. I no longer check up on him because I found that, oh my goodness me, it was driving me nuts. I felt like I was chasing my whole time my whole life was engaged in trying to catch him out, playing detective. Um, and it just doesn't work. It just, for me anyway, and I, I understand there is some form of control, especially early on when you're still buying into the gaslighting. But now I'm at a point where it's like, you know what, you do you. I've gone out and I'm back into work full time I'm just living my life to the best of my ability and the group sort of like the conversations that happen in the group and the information that's in the group really helped me see that and so yeah I'm very grateful for that because it's sort of given me my life back and it's enabled me to take my power back as a woman if that makes
0: sense it does make sense so we talk about boundaries a lot at btr and in the btr group and a lot of people that don't listen to the podcast i would say or they misunderstand what we do accuse me of being pro-divorce or a man hater or something like that or but btr is just a place where if you go there you're going to end up bitter and angry and all that you are still married would you speak to that a little bit and talk about how do you see btr like i see us as a safety first organization right your safety is the most important thing and you can figure out what that looks like in your own life but could you talk to that point
1: i've never seen you say get a divorce or being a man hater you lay the facts out as they are Whatever a woman does with that is their choice, their option. Yeah, what you do promote, though, is are you safe? Are you okay?
0: We have to walk this very fine line because when we're talking about abuse, there are a lot of people that want to say, well, you should only encourage them to leave, like immediately, and then there's the pornography addiction recovery people and they're like, no, you should be nice and understanding and don't shame them and, and don't make any decisions and know that they're sick and how can you help them? So we're not on that side for sure, but I'm right in this section where I want to give people correct information and say your safety is the most important thing and I am not living in your shoes. I'm not living in your home. I don't know all your specific circumstances and so I trust you every woman, every victim to make the best decisions about her particular situation. So I think that's one thing that I'm wondering is like, do you feel supported in your circumstances and where you are right now in the BTR group? Do you feel like you're accepted for the decisions that you're making? Yeah.
1: People will always speak from their own inner knowledge or their own feelings, I think. Um, So whatever you put out on a group expect that response to come from that aspect you take what you can and leave what you don't need like you said you're the only one that knows what's happening within the relationship so yeah I feel supported because I take what I need from it because I am the only one that knows what's happening and why I stay within my marriage we've got a lot of financial obligations together you know, we still have grandchildren that would visit granddad, and I'd much prefer to be around. So I know why I stay within my marriage, and I think it's up to every individual person to make that decision.
0: Yeah. People who haven't been through it, or people who have, I mean, it's just a lot more complex than I think anybody can even wrap their head around. It's such a complex situation, and it unfolds over time. So not everything can be decided in a split second.
1: Everything feels split second when you're in it, though, doesn't it?
0: It does. And it feels like you have to. It feels like you have to decide, or you have to know everything. There's this overwhelming desire to resolve things as quick as possible, whatever resolution means or whatever fixing it means, but it's impossible to resolve or fix quickly, right? It's a very, very long-term complex problem.
1: You know, we've found a therapist. We've thrown all the money we can at him.
0: So you're still with a man who's continuing to exhibit... Emotionally abusive behaviours. How do you feel right now?
1: Oh boy, okay, so we've just had an episode. So everything's a little bit raw for me just now because he's what I think of as a surface person. He wants everything to look great on the outside, that everything's going really well and that meanwhile he's doing underhanded things and he gets off on knowing that he's getting away with it. So when he becomes overly nice... I then become on guard and I wait for the next influx of abuse, emotional abuse. He doesn't yell. He doesn't do any of that. He just becomes very quiet. We had, we'll say, six months of nice. And so I was waiting for it. So just discovered. And so we're just going through that now. And he hasn't gone back to see his therapist. So he's just waiting to go back to see her. But it's very difficult because... I don't know what she's saying to him or whether he's telling her partial truths. Have I reached some kind of peace? Within myself, there is peace around our marriage and our life. No, there isn't peace. I'm making do with what I've got because of circumstance. And that's really awful to say because it feels like a half-life.
0: Do you feel like you're progressing towards something? even though current circumstances are what they are, do you have hope for the future?
1: I've got a lot of hope for my future because I'll make the best of my life no matter what. For our marriage and for us together, we are going to have to make a step either away from each other and I don't think it's going to be too long down the road. There'll be a conversation that I will have with my grown children. They know about his addiction I just don't really, I think they realize how far he's gone within that addiction. Yep, I've got peace in me, but within our marriage, not sure. We've got a few really big decisions to come ahead of us, which will affect a lot of outcomes for myself and my daughter and him.
0: Well, that is what is so awesome, if I can praise BTR, about BTR is that we get it. We get it. We get how complex it is. We get that it takes a long time. We get that sometimes you kind of know what the right thing is or what the thing is you want to do. Not necessarily the right thing, but it's not the right time or other factors, right? There's just so many complexities to it. And having someone who totally understands and be supportive is really, really helpful with a long term. Trial like this, should we call it that? <laughs> what should we call it? A long term problem. What would you tell other women? Let's say what you went through in your early 30s. So, if someone's listening and that's where they're at, let's say they've just discovered porn for the first time.
1: Oh my goodness. I'm really sorry this is your journey. Get help. Get into immediate help. Find a really good support network. Find somebody you trust to that you can tell absolutely anything to and will not judge and will just be there for you. Find that one person and walk beside them and let them walk beside you because that's going to be the best thing you can do for you to heal you and know that it's not your fault. Know that he made choices that has affected both of your lives. It's just not your fault though don't try and fix him.
0: Oh, we've all done that.
1: (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yep. If we just do this, if I I look a bit prettier if if I wear this lingerie. If I do that risky behavior that he would like me to do, that'll make him happy and he won't do it anymore.
0: When women go down that road, they end up doing it more. Or he wants it more, right? There's no end to it.
1: Oh, he wants a bit more freaky. The indulging of their immature behaviors their man child silliness and i think that's something we don't realize isn't it is that they get themselves stuck emotionally at the age they start using so what you're actually doing is complying to a teenager a child. and so and what happens when a child doesn't get what it wants it tantrums and unfortunately, a man tantrum is has bigger impacts because they're disposable to play with, like income or whatever it is, you know, that's protecting the family.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and also their tantrums are way more sophisticated sometimes, right? They might not scream and yell and punch the wall, although some of them do that. But their tantrum might look really nice and kind when behind your back, they're spending $10,000 of their retirement.
1: yeah. Oh, they've got a hidden phone. So they're happy to show you the phone that they've got uh, and all the while feeling quite proud of themselves that they've got a hidden phone and that's what gets them off. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and spending time with us today. Betrayal Trauma Recovery Group is that amazing place where you can just be yourself and be understood. Is there anything else that you would like to share about the group or about BTR that you have found helpful?
1: For me in the early stages and now as sort of, I won't say a veteran, but I've been there for a while. This is the place you go to when you need to feel heard. You need to feel safe. You need to be able to reach out. You know, or you just need somebody to say, hey, I'm here for you. Or you need to feel loved because this group, for me anyway, has provided that, get in contact, you know, try and join the group because it's just, if you want to feel loved, this is where
0: it's at. That's good to hear. That's the purpose of BTR is to love women and hope that they love themselves and they can make choices due to that love and that confidence to get them to safety. That's the whole goal. So
1: To know you're not alone and that the crazy making that happens. Sometimes this group has helped me unravel that craziness as well. This is going on and in your head, because they've gaslighted you so much, you're forever double guessing your own mind. To notice you go on there and somebody says, yep, 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 that's normal. My husband does that. It's like it's what they do. It's one of their little tactics and you just come away thinking, oh, okay. And you're able to take a big sigh of relief to think, oh, I'm not that crazy after all.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, you are not. You are a beautiful, amazing, competent woman. It's a cool place to be, right? It's a cool club to be in with all these awesome women. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story today. And we'll see you in Betrayal Trauma Recovery Group. Thank you, Anne. If this podcast is helpful to you, please support it. Go to btr.org, scroll to the bottom, and click on Support the Podcast. Also, to those of you who have rated this podcast on iTunes or other podcasting apps, thank you so much. If you are so inclined and you haven't already, please go to iTunes and rate this podcast. Every single one of your ratings helps women who are isolated find us. And another huge thank you to those of you who have purchased the book Trauma Mama Husband Drama. It is a picture book for adults that really helps explain what it's like to go through this and some of the pitfalls that women fall into. There's a lot of information in the back of the book in the form of infographics and it's really good to purchase for clergy or therapists or people who don't understand it. So go to btr.org backslash books, purchase your copy of Trauma Mama Husband Drama on Amazon. And after you receive it, please go back to Amazon and give it a five star review. Every single five-star review helps women who are searching for this type of information on Amazon find it. That way they won't get, you know, the, the information we got, like five love languages or whatever, and go down that route when they're in an abusive relationship. And that type of advice doesn't help. We've all done that. We want women to find BTR quickly so that they can stop the pain and the chaos right away. Thank you for your support. And until next week, stay safe out there.